0: A martial arts movie star is forced to fake his own death in order to get the mafia off his back. Now, Billy Lowe alters his appearance and hunts down the members of the crime syndicate who took everything from him in the controversial 1978 martial arts adventure and the final film of international superstar Bruce Lee, Game of Death. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Caleb Bouget. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. We're fresh off 200 episodes and we're looking forward to a lot of randomly picked films to keep the juices flowing. Today, we're starting the march towards 300 with Bruce Lee's last movie, Game of Death, a film that stars a few guys who kind of look like Bruce Lee if you don't look directly at their face. That's because Lee only filmed one scene for this film before his untimely death in 1973. The rest of the movie was cobbled together using lookalikes, cardboard cutouts, shadows, and footage of Lee's actual corpse, at his real-life memorial service. But more on that later. First, let's go back a week on The Rewind. First, a technically update on our past episodes on Batman and Batman Returns. Uh, If you haven't been paying attention in recent movie news, Warner Brothers has lost its goddamn mind. Uh, Why don't you uh, take us through what's been happening over there?
1: So basically they made a big old merger with Discovery of Warner Media who owns HBO. And the guy who was taking he takes over when it happens is a man by the name of David Zaslav. I think that's how you say his last name. Um he apparently hit the ground running the day the merger was complete and he was in charge. And subsequently shoved back Gore even though it was in post production, it was completed. And it pulled a pulled a bunch of movies that were HBO Max originals they are on the service for people to watch. He pulled them off the site. And doing all this as one claiming it's a tax write-off and that he wants to only do theatrical event films for DC and nothing else can come out. I Oh, and Scoop, those who wanted a Scoop sequel, that got was also in post production and it got uh shit can as well um the thing with this and this is what i've been telling people i am all about someone coming in and saying hey let's have a unified vision for dc okay cool and let's do this moving forward but to go in there and follow it up with shoving films pulling things off and just trying to use it well it's a tax write-off and we're blah, blah blah and we're not really focused on you're just showing that you hate streaming also, he laid off like th- over like I think a hundred something thousand people something like that. He laid off a lot of people. Um, laying people off, putting films on the show for no one to see because you demon unworthy, not the public, you and to just pull films that are already on the service off your streamer, but they can still rent it on Prime. No, why would you want to pay more money to rent something that you could have watched with a subscription to HBO Max? um doing all this is an incredibly bad move um it's understandably, you know no one other than this guy seems to think it's a good idea in the entertainment industry everyone i've been reading that's been responding like kevin smith and them have all been saying it's a terrible move um and it's just it's like you know it gets you to a point of like what's next like you know um for those who don't know like evil dead rise is owned by this company Supposed to be, you know, those big conflicting rumors will it be Max will it be theatrical. They're supposed to be doing a new Final Destination. If this guy only cares about top dollar, are we going to get H? Are we going to get that Evil Dead Rise movie? Like, I'm I'm legitimately worried if I'm going to get my- this movie I've been looking forward to because he may not deem it good enough and completely shelve it. Screw the fact that it's fucking done. Um, And then the fact that he's standing so behind the upcoming Flash movie. Because it's testing positive. So it's like, yeah, I'm standing behind this film 112%. But it stars a fucking monster of a human being. But Batgirl doesn't deserve to be seen by the general public. Regardless of what, you know, just because you thought it was dog shit, basically.
0: Yeah, this is upsetting. Um, And even, you know, it's on the TV front, like every DC property is now completely up in the air. I don't know if it's connected. probably is. The Flash is ending with season nine. Um, Harley Quinn, Doom Patrol, Titans are all pretty much on the chopping block, most likely at this point. Uh, Kevin Smith had some show he was going to do that was DC connected, and they axed that immediately. It's every DC product, except weirdly Peacemaker. James Gunn has assured people that Peacemaker season two is still happening. So like that's the only thing that's still alive. But this guy is dismantling everything that fans like. And I guess, you know, Black Adam is supposed to usher in a new continuity for DC, but if that tanks or not tank, I don't think it'll tank, but I don't think, I don't know if it's going to be a masterpiece. Are, are they going to just start over again? Like DC, see, they've been doing this for a long time, but this is the most proactive they've ever been at just killing projects and killing Completed projects is what baffles me the most. Like, how does anybody benefit from that? All you did was, lo- was waste money. You're pissing off a lot of fans Are looking forward to that movie. You're telling everybody involved in that movie that you don't value their work in the slightest. It's, it's a way to alienate a lot of people and just make your, you know, as a president of a, of a company, just look like a jackass. So I don't know what he expects to do with this. It's like, it, it's just a flurry of bad decisions that don't feel like this is going to work it, on any level
1: yeah i'm at a point now where like don't i'm gonna go see blackout and i wish all the success with the rock with that movie because i know how much the rock's passionate about that but i want something to flop i want this blow up in his face because it's like i don't want you to succeed man because this is shit to the fans like you're sitting there talking about you want to chase marvel success which is what they did they tried to do when snyder was on board and that didn't work out for them i thought dc was in a great spot just being its own thing like ever since Ackerman they just embraced like, hey, let's just do a, you know all these separate stories. It's its own thing. we're not gonna be focusing too much on connecting it all. I was okay with it. I was enjoying everything that was coming out then so there was so much less pressure. Um, but now that's going away because they want to again chase the Marvel machine and it's like we've done this before and you seem to forget that and I've been talking you know emo Josh about all this stuff. he made a good point is that with Marvel, you know obviously jury start and how they are as a company with their people. But for the most part, they're very hands off with these like the Star Wars and Marvel and Pixar. You know, those not forget that they've owned them first for like years. Yeah,
0: Disney.
1: Um, Crazy. They are hands off. They don't sit there and say, "Hey, fit this in your little box in our little box, and then get out there." If we don't like it, we're just not releasing it. Like they let the create their thing and it comes out, and they leave it the fuck alone. Um, and it pays off. Me look at Prey, re- very recent things, while this is going on, you know they. Essentially, helped distri- distribute on Hulu a, a new product movie and it's paying off huge with their approach. They let the filmmakers do their thing. It's one of the, it's probably the, other than the original, the best reviewed film in the fucking franchise. It's hugely successful. There's big hints about them even putting out a physical release because of it. Like, you know, that, that's why they, they work. They don't fuck
0: with the money, basically. Whereas Zaslav is fucking with the money. Well, and also there's this weird kind of personal vendetta because, like, Warner Brothers has been in Disney's shadow since the dawn of cinema. They've never been able to quite capture the same. Like they had something with Harry Potter, but Disney has like a Harry Potter every couple of years. They've got star Wars. They've got Marvel. They've got Pixar. They're doing fine. Warner Brothers. They missed the boat to capitalize on Marvel's success. Marvel is 14 years into this project. You, you you can't, keep up with them at this point there's nothing warner brothers could do to even come close to their success and the sooner they realize this the sooner they can actually start getting their own shit together and release films and you know tv shows that people want to watch you know as as their own thing i i'm I'm tired of this like you know maybe if we just do it this way we'll be marvel you're never going to be marvel so just give up
1: yeah, well, and then amongst all this, apparently uh, Ahmada DC's film president almost quit. Like when all this was going down, now he's going to see how stay at least on board to Black Adam, but there's very strong indications he's stepping down because he's incredibly pissed off. Yeah, what's
0: going on? Warner Brothers has owned DC since the 70s, I think, and it's just, or I think before that, like with Batman the TV show, that might have been them or the Batman movie whatever they've they've that relationship has been you know pretty codependent for most of the 20th century i just i i wish they could get out of that because i think if dc got you know married to another distributor we could get some really kick-ass movies but it's warner brothers who keep pulling them back and making them do things their way and they can't fucking win
1: yeah it's it's annoying in this move like i said like even if it's hard to right intentions he's going about the complete amazingly wrong way that no one's winning and all the people are thinking like well he's bringing back the signer verse because he's for some reason bringing back ben affleck as batman i'm like no he's not that's the, like anything you remotely liked is dead for his vision and only his vision um I just, yeah, this is, it's crazy this is happening that now you have to worry about everything you watch with um, that. And, you know, I remember back when, like, CW was up for sale, so they were canceling all the, you know, DC shows, which is really probably what came with The Flash, is why it's getting its final season. Um, I thought, oh, well, that's just CW. I didn't think anything of it until, like, all this shit happened last week, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is expanded. Like I said, it, you know, it doesn't just bring a word for DC, and it makes me worry for anything owned by WB that this guy is looking at. Cause who knows, he might not be a fucking horror fan and now he's going to be looking at those films like, well, who really needs evil dead rice. Cause I think
0: not. And you know, Kansas. Well, maybe he'll also have, you know, I mean, it seems like his ultimate goal here is to, you know, even out the bottom line, make some money. So maybe he'll sell some of these properties.
1: That's what I would hope, but I mean, considering he's sh- canned completed films, I don't have much hope. And I should point out, he did this on the wed- on uh, one of the director's wedding. Yeah. Which Ouch. is really terrible. And if you're wondering, well, maybe it was a shit film, I kind of doubt it because the guy striking this gave us the third Bad Boys film, which everyone loved. It's a huge success. Miss Marvel, like these guys are proven hit directors, so it's
0: like what the fuck? Yeah, there seems to be, like, you know, I there's no real easy way to say this, but I I do think, you know, the fact that Batgirl that is a, a film, you know, led by a black Hispanic female actress is, like, I don't think he liked that.
1: Oh, I guarantee you this is reeking of a dude that wants classic white straight man. I mean, look how hard he's been making it very... Oh very open he wants henry cavill as superman he will not do a superman film without henry cavill
0: so jj abrams black superman movie that's that's dead yep
1: oh yeah so i get the i that yeah he he wants his white trait male leads
0: jesus christ this guy all right well there's going to be more of this shit in the coming months this guy's not done uh so we'll be updating y'all when we hear about it but uh last week we did predator and this week we saw prey uh which is available to stream exclusively on hulu and has been doing great uh what'd you think i really liked
1: it it's definitely second or third best thoughts between that and predators makes a real do you like predators probably honestly second best because predators does have the drawback of adrian brody trying to be a tough guy um what was this to not have that No, I really like this. I like the back-to-basics approach. I like the idea of, like, it's prequel in the sense that, like, we're seeing a very early version of the Predator. Like, he doesn't have all his fancy gadgets. Um, even his mask is just, like, a skull mask. Like, it's a very early Predator that hasn't gotten used to Earth yet. As we saw in the movie, he's not used to Earth nor bears. Um... But with that, like, the action scenes are kick-ass as fuck. Um acting is great like it's a little slow so i know so that's something like it takes a while to start, but in a way like i like that they take their time to start because you get invested in this in your main in our main character and why she's doing what she's doing and then it pays off the in the end um the f- whole like fur trapper scene when he is fucking those guys up is awesome so yeah if you're a predator fan this is this is like finally the sequel i think we've all kind of been waiting for
0: yeah, I'm with you on that. I I enjoyed this a lot. I liked seeing the Predator a little less invincible. Just, you know, like you said, he's, he's new to this planet. It's probably the first time a Predator's been on Earth. So, yeah, of course, a snake's going to bite him. A wolf's going to rip him. A bear's going to fuck him up for a little bit. He's, he, he doesn't know these animals. He's, you know, he's he's exploring. And, yeah, once you know things get going, they do not stop. I thought the connection to Predator 2 was really smart and really cool for longtime fans. I like that a lot. And yeah, the visual effects are stunning. The choreography is amazing. The practical effects on the predator are beautiful. He looks ferocious, vicious, angry, just monstrous in a way that the predator to me has never looked before. And uh, yeah, I I thought this was fantastic. I hope this uh, leads into some more kind of, you know, period piece predator movies. I thought this was a really cool idea. To set it in, you know, three hundred years ago with the Comanche Nation, and uh, I can't wait to see what we get next. Dan Trachtenberg, well, fucking done. You
1: no, know, this guy really knows how to take movies and turn them, give us good franchise sequels between this and 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, uh-huh. um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it right now. I want a World War II predator movie. I don't know why that. I just really want a World War II predator movie.
0: That'd be sweet. Uh, but yeah, go check out Prey if you got Hulu. If you don't have Hulu sign up for a free trial and watch Prey and then cancel it. It's an awesome movie. I want a lot of people to watch it so that Disney feels comfortable making more.
1: Yes. Especially because Freddie Alvarez is supposed to be doing an alien film for Hulu. So that tells me there's a possibility that they aren't opposed to an AVP down the line. As long as both of these take off.
0: Yeah. A proper R rated AVP that has some stakes, some good characters, and, and lighting things, and lighting and some fucking gore for once like i'll never forgive fox for giving us a pg-13 alien versus predator movie based off two hard r franchises like why did you um, do
1: from a director who has done r-rated films before and then just double down and said no we made the film we wanted to make i'm like dude you did event horizon
0: and the resident evil movies like you've done r-rated movies what the fuck are you talking about yeah somebody held him back but even then the lesser of Hollywood's Paul Anderson's gets the reins to that one. No, come on. You can do better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm so mad about the potential on that movie. But maybe,
0: you know, maybe Disney's got a plan here because, you know, they love their shared universes.
1: They do. And like I said, they they aren't shy about making these art because they don't necessarily put their name front and center on it. So they're cool with it. And we saw some pretty brutal kills in this new Predator movie. I mean, that whole thing when he chose the Nettie guy that just tightens on him.
0: Dear God. <laughs> that was maybe the most graphic death in either franchise. Oh, man. <laughs> Although I, I do still think about that scene in Alien Resurrection where the guy who's got an alien about to come out grabs the bad guy's head, puts him on his chest, and the alien comes out of the guy's stomach and into the other guy's head. Like, Remember oh, that? Yeah. That stayed with me for a while. Bad movie, but it's got some moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But check out Prey. Kicked ass. Now, on to Game of Death. Uh, so, before we get started, I wanted to pose a question to you. Well, two questions, actually. Uh, to start with, outside of Bruce Lee's work, what are some of your favorite martial arts movies? Like, is this a subgenre you've explored?
1: Oh, yeah. I love martial arts films. um Ong Bak, I've only seen the first one. It was really, really good with Tony Jaa. Um, more recent, anyone who's listened to the podcast or knows me knows my immense love for the Raid films one and two. Um, they are just they're everything I want in just well choreographed action, brutal everything. On the American side of things, I love the John Wick franchise. I do consider those martial arts because that's heavily what they're taking influence from.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm um, just adding uh, gunplay to it. Uh, another off-the-wall one, Equilibrium, you know, it mixes martial arts, him so with gunplay, which is it's a really fun movie. Um, Yeah, those top that kind of hit hit my head that I really like, that I've gone to. I always just love martial arts. I think just because, like, it's, don't worry, I love American action cinema, but, like, especially when, you know, Michael Bay kind of came around, the, the overindulgence and just cut, 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 cut the scene. Whereas in the martial arts films, they want you to see it. They want you to kind of see them do their thing. So I like doing that. You know, you get a lot of cool one takes. And Grant, like I said, American summer seems to be ca- catching on um, thanks to films like The Raid and things like that. You know, uh, Daredevil on Netflix, you know, had famously each season an extended long take uh, fight sequence. The first one being taken, you know, directly from Old Boy and you know the hallway and then the second season he has the hell's angels fight down the stairwell and then the third one third season was a whole like prison outbreak that he had to do and it's, it's a really badass sequence so like you can definitely see the influence coming to american cinema which i like um but yeah those i would say those off right off the top of my head are some of my favorites i've gone back to a lot
0: nice yeah i, I love that you started with Ong Bak. that that is one of my favorite maybe my favorite martial arts film i've ever seen tony jaa what that guy does with with Muay Thai is fucking beautiful. It's amazing. It's all elbows and knees for the most part, but that it's so cool. It's all real. That's an impressive film. Check, check that one out. If you guys haven't seen Ong Bak, the Thai warrior, uh, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but hunt it down. It's great. Um, the movie that kind of really introduced me to, to martial arts movies is Kill Bill. Um, uh, you know, after I learned about Sonny Chiba and Gordon Liu and their influence on the, on the genre with films like, you know, the street fighter and the Thirty Six chamber of Shaolin and all that. I love that Tarantino paid homage to that stuff. And uh it made me want to seek it out. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of other people as well, but yeah, I martial arts movies are so special. Cause they're like, there's, there's not a lot of real fight in a lot of, in a lot of action movies, but you know, with these movies, it may not be, you know, full contact, but it, it's real skill and real talent. And it's fucking hard. Uh, and Bruce Lee was pretty much the pioneer of all of this. He brought martial arts to Hollywood. And it's his movies, you know, st- stood the test of time. Most of them, except for Game of Death. But I'll get into that.
1: Uh- <laughs> well, no, I know. Uh, and thank God for it. Because, like, for example, like with the raid, you know, you know how much I love the raid. I remember when I texted you. <laughs> As soon as i watched, watching, i like, you have got to watch this damn movie. <laughs> um, you know, I I show that movie to anyone I can. Like, anyone I can. And what's cool with it, and Bruce Lee helped do this, and so I think martial arts films are so special, is that they're the... I, I would say until, you know, um, Parasite came out, the only foreign film that would break the barrier for a general audience, and that's not... I'm, I understand before horror fans come at me, ask any non-horror fan to name of a fucking foreign horror film, you will be sad. Um. Yeah, but as yeah, as far as like a genre that just broke through and could capture anyone's um attention, it was martial arts film. That's because also they dubbed a lot of these early ones, so people were able to get behind that. Um. But uh, you know, I love showing that many people. I remember the last time I showed the raid was actually when I was on Nimitz, and I you know I showed it to the guys when they were on deployment, and. It, it, it everyone was in trance like everyone's watching and then the whole epic fight scene between the two brothers and a um, mad dog <laughs> that just goes on and on and on i remember at one point i hear someone go my god this guy just keeps fighting i look there's like 10 guys just standing watching this fight scene you know and that to me that's what's so special about these martial art films that yeah they're foreign yeah they're not american but you can get just the action alone gets people trying. because you kind you want to see this crazy. I mean, the raid alone, like how you said you know, that's what's cool is that from if you watch enough, you'll notice that each one covers a different type of fighting. Like, you know, like I said, Ongbok tackled uh, you know, Muay Thai, and you saw how Tony Ja uses it, which is elbows and knees. And the raid is um I just, forgive me if I say it improperly, but uh pin lot. lot I you say it, it's it, I don't know an Americanized way to say it. But um you saw it. It's a move where like every ounce of your body is a weapon, even if you're on the ground, you're still fighting. As you saw, they're doing moves laying on the ground that are still quick impact, a lot of damage type of hits. And it's it's just so cool to see it play out. Another cool thing they do with these films is that they bring in when they do these people like Bruce Lee or um uh Rico Uwais for the Raid or Tony Jaw, people that are usually masters in this craft, they know what they're doing to come in and do the stuff and they bring in people that they know to help round out the cast. So then you have a good people that know what they're doing. Um, So there's just a lot of cool things about it. I love showing that they are just a good way to show that people are now. Yes. Luckily with films like parasite, we should see more types of foreign films finally break that international barrier. But that can't be said enough about martial arts films that they are really the only genre from the very beginning that broke through international barriers and got people on board.
0: That's true. That's very true. It's uh, it's really cool. You know, this was a a style of fighting that, you know, a lot of people in the, in the West didn't know, didn't know about till they saw Bruce Lee do it in films like end of the dragon. And it comes with a certain level of, you know, respect and dignity. And you need, you know, you need guys who are masters to build the choreography, to make it believable, but also doable. And like, if you don't have that respect, it can bite you in the ass. Like there's a scene in Enter the Dragon where Bruce Lee's fighting this guy. And I guess this guy was a little arrogant. He did something. He insulted Bruce Lee or he sucker punched him or something. And so Bruce kicks this dude about five feet, like leaps, kicks him in the chest. And in the movie, like it's in the movie, but it really happened. The dude just flies like across the fucking court. And he didn't talk back after that. <laughs> fucking cool man it's uh like this dude was a fighter first actor second but a global superstar who like had he not you know had he not tragically passed at such a young age what what he could what else he could have done like oh I, yeah i can't even you know fathom well, him. that's why
1: i like that his legacy hasn't left cinema like i said john wicks probably the most mo- modern current franchise I think of that is paying heavy heavy homage to the people like bruce lee and tony johnson to the point that you know in john wick 3 they got the guys from the raid in the film and you know obviously like as someone like else who have seen these movies know that those guys could totally take johnny reeves um <laughs> but you know we still get a cool action scene nonetheless that works within the context of the film um so to see it kind of still be played off in nice ways and you know the legacy hasn't you know bruce lee may no longer be with us but the legacy hasn't died you know Um and then I know we haven't really mentioned Jackie Chan, but what Jackie Chan has done for martial arts and you know that crossover into international
0: cinema with a lot of his films. Well, Jackie Chan added comedy into it, and that gave him a whole new kind of you know, genre within a genre to capitalize on and kind of lead into success of his own. And he got his start as an extra on Enter the Dragon, like he was friends with Bruce Lee. Like Bruce Lee gave him some pointers and you know taught him some stuff about like being, you know, not just a martial artist, but an entertainer. So even Jackie Chan, he can pretty much trace all of his, you know, career back to Bruce Lee. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's,
1: it's like, as like I said, it's one, it's respectful. And that's what's cool about this fighting style. They do. It's, it's all about respect. You even see in like, uh, I've always been on the rate to the kitchen fight scene, how it starts when they do their stance, you know, it's, you know, obviously, it looks cool, but it's a sign of respect as well. It's like a, a respectful thing these fighters do. Um, so, you, you know, it's it's cool that in a way they're bringing their culture into this. And, you know, and especially in the case of what Bruce Lee and that guy showing that you may be an American that thinks you're tough because let's just be honest, most Americans are brawlers. We're just we're brawler type fighters. I mean, look at the 80s action cinema for Christ's sakes. Um, but it doesn't matter how. Especially with all these, these guys, if you ever notice with these guys, they're pretty small, but they're, they're ripped to shit. And they're strong as fuck, you just don't know it. And you know, it, it, you know that guy had to be a jackass found out the hard way that it doesn't matter how small Bruce Lee may be, he, the guy can pack a punch because he knows what he's doing with his body. That's the key with this, that these guys know what they're doing with their body. Their body is, you know, to kind of go back to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in that one scene, um, every
0: every bo- ounce of the body is a lethal weapon, you know. <laughs> I'm looking through the trivia of Ender the Dragon right now, just so I can see if I can get a little bit more info on that guy that Bruce just kind of handed his own ass to. Uh, I I don't know if this is your other question. I have a question for you. What
1: is uh, some of your favorite martial arts fight scenes?
0: That wasn't my question, but that is a good question. Um, let's see. Uh, in Ong Bak, I love the, the Senior heat where um, Our hero Tony Jaw Is at the underground fight club Kind of making his way through their big Fighters and Everyone starts betting on him and that one Guy at the end just kind of gets up And everyone's like oh shit he's here And everyone's terrified And Tony Jaw just fucks this guy up They fight throughout the whole building They're throwing shit at each other and then Tony Jaw wins and they all start throwing gold at him and it's just it's such a cool scene the music and just like the performance it's so cool and just watching him kick this guy's ass this freaky terrifying dirty fighter it's very satisfying that's always been one of my favorites
1: okay that's a good one I think I think for me again I'm going if you guys have not watch the raid one and two and see why i talk about these films so much like connor knows you know there's a reason i fucking adore these two films um but it's tough i would say the raid two because the raid as you know is just straight up it is action from start to end the raid two does have a bit more story it's longer and you know there are parts that are negative to me where i'm just like i don't care i just want the action but with that said it goes so much bigger in its action scenes Well, the one I like to highlight that it's always been a favorite of mine is the fucking car uh, chase fight scene. When they think they got him, you know, he's in the car, they think they got him, and he is kicking these dudes ass (laughs) in the car where there's a chase happening with like three others. He's taking those cars out. It's fucking epic what he is pulling off in that fucking scene.
0: Yeah, I remember that. That was a good one. Pretty much every fight scene in the first raid takes (laughs) top spots. That there's not a dull moment in that movie at all. Every oh. second is loaded with epic, well-choreographed fights dude. and epic gun action, too. It's just fucking cool.
1: Oh, dude. Like, from the fucking... The whole machete fight he has with those guys that just keeps going on to... The, like, the aforementioned I mentioned earlier, like, Mad Dog versus the two brothers is a fucking... Up to the point where the guy gets a fucking piece of, like, light bulb put into his neck, and he is still fighting. It's it's fucking insane um the whole thing when like the police captain and mad dog ran into each other and he's like i don't like i don't like to fight with guns i like to use my hands and they have their fucking epic just mono mono fight scene like yeah no the raid is just filled like i said raid 2 does add a lot more story but to their credit like their action scenes deliver when they do their fucking actions they're a big epic i always remember the end scene when he crashes into the building and just fucks all those people up.
0: Damn. Yeah. <laughs> those are yeah, they kick ass, man. Um enter the dragon, the final fight between Bruce and uh Mr. Mr. Han, the the evil oh, crime lord who sent who brought everybody to this. It's basically the same plot as Mortal Kombat. Like Mortal Kombat ripped off Enter of the Dragon. The, the first movie it's the same plot. Um uh, <laughs> But that fight is so badass. Hand starts putting on all these claws. He like he cuts Bruce in the chest at one point. Bruce puts his fingers on the blood, licks it, and then just stares at the guy. It's fucking awesome. They end up in a hall of mirrors fighting one another. Oh, it's it's one of the most iconic fights in in movie history. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I got I got you guy on the tracking then. Um, see outside of the raid, <laughs> um. Like like I said, in in a lot of the the John Wick franchise with their mixing of the gunplay and stuff, they always find really creative ways to mix gunplay with martial arts action, especially obviously 2 Onward, where they add a lot more hand-to-hand combat into his repertoire. There's a lot of just just kick-ass after kick-ass fucking fight scenes involved. Like I said, in 3, you got the two guys from the raid taking on John Wick, and it's a really cool fight scene at one point. He takes his belt off to defend the
0: blocks. Um, I got it. All right. I got a weird one. Uh, Shanghai Nights 2004. Uh, Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson buddy comedy, you know, sequel to Shanghai Noon. There's a fight scene in that movie between Jackie Chan and Donnie Yen. And it's fucking awesome. Donnie Yen plays like the disgraced emperor or uh, brother of the emperor of China. He's trying to take over the country and Jackie Chan fights him and it's Jackie Chan fighting Donnie Yen. So it's like so fucking tight and epic and well choreographed awesome fight um and then there was a movie in 2008 called the forbidden kingdom which did not get nearly enough attention it was jackie chan and jet lee and we got to see them fight and that was a surreal experience while well, <laughs> seeing them get, like jackie chan and jet lee going at one another like that that was awesome that's a cool movie
1: i'll say it's always cool when they take like masters and be like how about you two just fight each other and we
0: film it <laughs> yeah it was a good story too it was like some kid from jersey finds a like a ancient Chinese staff and he touches it and it transports him to ancient China where he runs into Jackie Chan and Jet Li and ends up helping them fight a warlord. It was, it was cool. Damn. I didn't even know that was, I, I never heard that that before. Yeah. It was, I saw it on a whim. I was like bored one day. I saw an ad for it on, on TV. And then I went and saw it at the movies and it ended up being one of my favorite movies that I've never heard anybody talk about. Okay, it's so
1: much fun. Um, there. Oh, there's a Netflix one you need to check out. It's from uh Timo Trchanto. Uh, um, he did Safe Haven on VHS 2, the big yeah. one. Um, yeah, he actually has done. He did Headshot, which actually starred the main character of the raid. He's been doing a lot of martial arts stuff. He's supposed to be doing the new uh that Train to New York film. They got you know indefinitely delayed. Um, but he did this one on Netflix. Headshot was good, but what I liked even more was this one called The Night Comes for Us, and he cast you know, again, because he's really good with the main character, main lead actor for the raid. They're good friends. Cast somebody, cast him as the villain. And then his, the guy who played as captain, he's the good guy. uh, Joe Taslim. And um, it's like basically Joe Taslim wants to get out. He used to be a mob enforcement. when he wants out. So they call Rico Race up being like, hey, he's trying to get out. You need to take care of it. So he's like, "All right," And there are some fucking... It is brutal, it's bloody, some brutal fucking action scenes in it. Like, there was one where they are trying to get out of their apartment, and it's just, like, a mob of people just crashing into the apartment. It's such a kick-ass fight scene. I haven't watched them try to get out the apartment out
0: of the building. (laughs) That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll check that out for sure. Uh, Yeah, martial arts films are fun. They're memorable. Uh, But I do have one more question for you. Uh and this isn't about martial arts movies, this is about something considerably different. Where do you stand on the use of an actor's likeness or recreation in projects after they've passed away? It's fucking weird. It is right, it doesn't feel right. It's it's unnatural.
1: It's just yeah, it's it's unnatural. It I'd heard there's like one come out where they want to use like a total recreation and James Dean or some shit like that. And I'm like, no, he's dead. Like I accept the fact that he's dead. Um it's weird. It was honestly like I know they did it for star uh some of the Star Wars films there for a bit. Um, and it was weird for me then. I wasn't I remember watching the last the last Jedi when you know uh, Carrie Fisher had passed away and they found a way to get her back. And I was like, no, it it felt weird. I know that was a little different, but still it just felt weird.
0: It is, it is unusual for, you know, for the rise of Skywalker, they used kind of, you know, body doubles from reverse and extra footage they hadn't used in the force awakens. And that is weird, but I kind of get it on that front. Cause like they had their, you know, they had footage existing, but like you look at rogue one and digitally recreating Peter Cushing. And that was weird for me too. Like I didn't like it. I was yeah. like,
1: I don't like this. Um, I'm Personally, I'm against. I don't mind the D. I know they do deaging stuff nowadays. That doesn't bother me so much. I'm so used to it. But it, like, okay, like how the upcoming Black Panther, how they're just instead of trying to just digitally put in Chadwick Boseman's war, the fans can be happy. They're just tackling it head on and saying, yes, Black Panther, T'Challa has died in this movie, like the real life actor. Yeah, i'm yeah. cool with that you're taking something tragic and this and in this case something iconic he did for cinema and find a way to still make an important come to the new movie um and also use as a probably more likely as a way for fans to be able to move on cinematically and have their moment and go like okay we've had our grief and we can move on
0: but this idea of bringing them back just uh well, the fact that like, we can do that now, we are able to take an, an actor who's been dead for God knows how long and recreate them on screen to the point where it looks real enough. The fact that we can do that and there hasn't really been a lot of pushback scares me for what we're going to be able to do 10 years from now. Like, look at Ghostbusters Afterlife. You know, Harold Ramis recreated as a ghost. Like, and admittedly, it didn't bother me. That was one of the few times it didn't bother me so it felt like the heart was in the right place. So that that's a factor for
1: you then. Yeah, hmm. and it and does it make sense story wise? I guess like honestly, like with a lot of the ones like they did with Star Wars, it didn't make sense for us to have Peter Cushing come back. I heard be like, "Hey, look, it takes place in this timeline." Like, no shit, you can use how many other people that are in this franchise that are still alive to indicate it's in this timeline.
0: I mean, you could um, they could have just found you know a good enough lookalike, put him put some makeup on to make him look like Peter Cushing, and then have it have somebody say, "Oh, look." It's Governor Tarkin, so we know... Yeah, and what's, what's crazy is that's possible because that's what the new Halloween did. Halloween mm-hmm. kills. That's how
1: they pulled off having Dr. Sam Lewis in the movie. It was not... They didn't digitally recreate John Pleasance. They got to look like did some more makeup. He worked on his voice, and it sounds fucking uncanny. And that, that was incredible. incredible. <laughs> yeah, and It doesn't bother me because I'm like, well, you got an actual human being to do this. And again, it worked story-wise. The heart was in the right place, so I'm fine with it. Like I said with Ghostbusters, with the story they were wanting to tell, what what especially how important this was to um uh right to do, like it all the heart was in the marketplace, and also it was used well in the sense that like you only didn't see it till the very end of the film and it was for like maybe a minute or two, and they didn't have him speak, it was just a digitally recreated ghost rendition of him to get the point across. And it worked, and you know I got teary eyed myself. You know I, I did seeing like how they reacted yeah. with, like that in that case again the heart was in the right place the story necessitated it I was cool with it.
0: There was something about it like it didn't feel like a like a recreation of Harold Ramis it felt like a recreation of Egon Spangler, and I think that was a big part of it. Like I, this was the character being recreated, not necessarily the actor, and it wasn't for money. It was so pretty much like so the Ghostbusters could say goodbye which was which i was okay with but yeah. yeah in the case of game of death it was made almost entirely for the money it was like they had the, this a little bit of footage that bruce lee made they wanted to cash in on it they got a bunch of lookalikes and they made this thing and it was a huge success
1: yeah it's weird how people just could not care less
0: yeah it bothers me like there's gonna enough-
1: with- <laughs> go ahead i granted all these cases. I've contributed because I've seen almost all these films at the theaters, so I definitely contribute to that box office. But yeah, I had my I had my reservations. Well, to be fair, for a lot of those, we didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, they usually keep it hidden, and then yeah. you're already in the movie watching.
0: You're like, oh, shit, I'm trapped. <laughs> like there was one movie. You do you remember the movie Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow with Jude Law? Yeah, Big Bomb, and the bad guy is a recreation of Lawrence Olivier who died in the late eighties or early eighties. And they used like archive footage. They never used from certain films of his to make him the villain of the movie. And I was like, even at the time I was like, this doesn't feel right. And it amazed, you know, there wasn't a lot of pushback on that because that movie bombed, but this is, you know, as we see with, you know, game of death and that movie is like, this is not new. This is something we've been doing since we could do it. It's just a different medium now now we can use a computer entirely instead of just some jackass who kind of looks like Carrie Fisher, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and I that's what I say I think it also amounts to how does it fit into the story and the heart into it i i'm no I'm sure the heart was into it with Carrie Fisher, I'm sure of that, but at the same time, like she doesn't need like you had the ball to secure off Han solo like you you just do it like just go ahead and call off make it this epic moment that maybe in you know helps with the newer characters because i do think that new trilogy had an issue trying to you know buff up the new characters because they were so beholden to the old ones yeah so it's like you had an opportunity to actually use like the real life death and that makes man obviously with the um mix of man character death that could mean something to the new characters
0: going forward to the rebellion all that good stuff The ending of The Last Jedi, where Laura Dern uses hyperdrive to blast through the Imperial fleet, that 100% should have been Leia. Like, what an exit for that character. How epic that would have been.
1: Yeah. Especially because also, you know, it's not like they just randomly decided to introduce fucking force power she definitely didn't have in prior movies into this.
0: Yeah, well, that's a whole Yeah,
1: So that's why I say, like, I need both, I need heart and, and necessitation for the story, which is why Ghostbusters FLife got a pass from me. Yeah. Um, cause they did fall into that.
0: I agree. And it's just a, you know, it's a slippery slope and it's, it's hard to kind of, you know, argue about because it's like there are some, some situations where I, I think it's justified. But if, if we're just going to start, you know, recreating James Dean and, and shit like that, then is what's the point of, why should anybody be an actor if we could just go get anybody? I mean, just recreate, you know, if if if, uh, if Tom Cruise says no to your movie, just make Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, like, what was the whole point of um, Crispin Glover all those years ago, back during the Back to the Future trilogy, to, you know, fight the company for, you know, actors getting paid for their likeness or whatever. Like, does that go out the window? Because you can just digitally recreate
0: them when you want. Well, I'm sure they'll still get paid for their likeness, but the spirit of the performance goes away, the you know, the, the human aspect of it, that's all gone. It's a computer. You're watching basically a video game. Yeah. And you know what the thing is,
1: you know how those video games can video games or animated films still sell emotion? They get human actors yeah. in a studio that are really good at acting without you seeing their fucking body at all to sell to read the script and sell those emotions through the animated film, through you know, the video game, whatever medium. An audiobook,
0: you know, if that's what they do, you know, whatever medium they're using. Yeah. And I know they're not going to go that far. We're not going to get like, you know, voice talent behind it. They're going to recreate an actor's voice like they did with Top Gun Maverick, what they did with Val Kilmer. It's, it's, you can do that now. We can make an entire performance on a computer. And that the implications of that are fucking terrifying.
1: Yeah. Well, and then like on the music side, there was that whole thing. I think it was that Cottrello one year they did a, a hologram of tupac yeah and it was like why like what you know one of the you know since we did that concert recently so it's kind of on my on my mind the beauty of seeing rage against machine live recently was that it was them it was the actual people so they were putting their heart their sweat their soul into that night into the fact that hey we've been gone for 20 plus years we're back and you know we're as raging as ever you know like they, the humans sold that to make the experience special. How the fuck does a Tupac hologram do
0: that? Because I don't think it does. Well, at this point in culture, and I hope forever, you, you can't recreate the human experience on a computer. You can't do that. You can make something that looks human. You can't make passion. You can't make realism. You can't make identity like that. So hopefully, we, we will never be able to do that. Because Once we were able to do that, we might as well just call it quits, we're going extinct. Oh well, at that point it hits sky and net terminator levels of scary. Yeah, exactly. It's like I don't know what's human anymore. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bruce Lee, Game of Death. I just thought that'd be an interesting kind of way to go because this film is barely Bruce Lee. Uh,
1: yeah, this is this would be a case where it doesn't work because he did it purely for the money um i know we'll get into it but i mean there are shots in this film where i forgot it was like i remember he like goes up the stairs those ones it's literally the scene he runs up the stairs first in the fight scene i remember looking going that's not his face that's some other actor and then he gets up there and he stares at the guy and the camera just shows his face i'm like is that the cardboard cutout because it's not moving (laughs) like it's
0: just there yeah if you know what bruce lee looks like this movie is incredibly jarring and that's all there is to it. it's like they didn't even try that hard to hide it they just put some shadows or you know you see he's mostly just the the main character is mostly just filmed from behind the whole time <laughs> that's how they got away with it for the most part there's barely any dialogue on his part it's it's weird it's a weird decision
1: uh, yeah it's 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 strange so yeah my ultimate verdict if if you know you're doing it because the heart's in the right place and the necessity story i i get it and even then usually when that happens that means it's limited like in ghostbusters it's not a major piece of the film it literally they wait until the end of the film Yeah. um but if it's if you're not and you're doing it because you can like this upcoming james dean bullshit um no go fuck yourself just accept that, that actor's gone and get someone like i don't know austin butler who you can apparently impress as elvis he would probably be a pretty good james dean it's not a bad idea Probably wow, that I'm not even
0: working in Hollywood. I just recommend a good person to play James Dean. Yeah. But just like not Jane, like like just ignore James Dean, just have him play the character James Dean was going to play. Yeah. Why does it need to be a guy who died after three films? <laughs> it's, it's a tragedy, but that's the end of James Dean's career. He's not making new work. That's just it's weird. It's uncomfortable. And frankly, it's a disgrace to anybody looking for work today. Hollywood if they're if they're gonna get replaced by a literal fucking ghost
1: yeah it's like it's like if you know you know when Tupac got shot and they did all those posthumous releases eventually they stopped because they ran out of shit he had yes the scary part would be had well if you just keep going and say it's Tupac that's when you're like all right (laughs) (laughs) let's draw a
0: hard line here yeah so Let's go into Game of Death, how this thing came about. It's uh, not the usual way a movie gets made. This was uh, kind of weird. Unfortunately, not uncommon, though. Yeah. Also. <laughs> so Lee started filming Game of Death in 1972 after he'd finished Enter the Dragon. The story of Lee's original film involves Lee's character, in order to save his younger sister and brother, joining a group of martial artists who are hired to retrieve a stolen treasure from the top floor of a five-story pagoda in South Korea, with each floor guarded by martial artists who must be defeated while ascending the tower. And we saw a little bit of that in the new, in the official game of death, the, the final fight with the various levels of fighters. That was supposed to be the whole movie, which would have been awesome.
1: Yeah. And also fighters plus Kareem abdul Shabar. Let's just say it like that, because he
0: is not a fighter, but he's uh, in this movie. He's a little bit of a fighter. Bruce Lee taught him how to fight. <laughs> Which is pretty fucking cool. I mean, if you're going to be seven feet tall and you can fight like Bruce Lee, are you the most dangerous human being on Earth? I think maybe you are.
1: Are you considered a lethal weapon? So I just keep going back to that scene that pissed off Bruce Lee's family.
0: Anybody kill somebody in a fight by accident to go to jail. It's called manslaughter.
1: I love that. It's like you're full of shit. Oh, that, that is a scene i do
0: enjoy in that movie quite a bit i do like that scene <laughs> we just did uh once upon a time in hollywood on oscar sunday last weekend so definitely go check that out if you want to hear more of uh my thoughts and austin's thoughts on that hilarious awesome movie uh so that was the plan lee filmed about a hundred i think it was like a uh, hundred minutes of footage for that movie uh so they had a lot to work with and they trimmed that shit down to 11
1: how is it they had a hundred minutes? So they had a film that he was in and a whole film and
0: they were like, let's just trim that shit. Well, I think a lot of it got lost. Uh, there's like this rumor that, you know, that footage was hidden away somewhere because somebody wanted to make their own thing cut together with Bruce Lee. There's a whole lot of conspiracy theories surrounding the original cut of Game of Death, but nothing concrete. Uh. Bruce Lee tragically died in 1973 at only 32 years old after suffering a cerebral edema, which is an accumulation of fluid in the brain. Uh, Lee had been diagnosed with cerebral edema earlier that year after suffering seizures and headaches. And uh, he was alone the night he died. And if someone had been there, they might've been able to get him to the hospital and he may have lived, but he wasn't discovered until well after the edema had killed him. That's the thing. It was a condition he knew he had, he felt t- he felt weary and tired. He went to sleep before he was supposed to go meet some people for dinner. He never showed up. They went to go find him. They found him long dead. So he just needed to be monitored. It was a condition. And of course, there's those conspiracy theorists who think that the fucking triads killed him for just dis- you know disclosing ancient Chinese secrets and all that shit. No, he was a reasonably healthy man who had a condition that he wasn't really taking that good of care of.
1: Well, so it sounds like something that's could have easily been taken care of i'm sure even now, especially now i'm sure there's a procedure to get it permanently taken care of so it doesn't affect you anymore yeah um, but that sucks that something so easily fixable is what took down one of the greatest martial arts action
0: you know international action stars of all time yeah it's fucking crazy uh in 2000 2000- Bruce Lee historian John Little released Bruce Lee, A Warrior's Journey, a documentary revealing the original footage and storyline of Game of Death. The documentary also includes a fairly in-depth biography of Lee and leads into the filming of Game of Death. Fans still believe there's more footage to be found. Um, That documentary can now be found on the bonus features disc of the 2004 DVD release of Enter the Dragon. Along with the documentary Bruce Lee, The Curse of the Dragon. So that was when people finally found out, like, oh, there was so much more to this than what we got. And nobody really knows what happened to all that extra footage.
1: Wow, oh, that's just great. It's just crazy that, like, a, a hundred minute a full film and no one knows what happened to it. This could have gone down so much because the original ideal, like I said, I, I remember when I was reading there, Richard, I was like, how much did the raid and films like that take from this? The ideal of like, Put, in, put your martial arts expert in a building. They have to fight level by level. Tread obviously did it as well um, with the, unfortunately, one-and-done film we got. Still still angry. Should have yeah. had more. But uh, it's just crazy to me that that fucking happened. I mean, it's not uncommon, unfortunately, but it's just crazy to think that.
0: Yeah, especially since, you know, Bruce Lee was... He, 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 there was so... Little we got from Bruce Lee that you think they would jump at the chance to like have a full blown new film of his that he'd made. It's like, why was that?
1: i fucking producing, especially with his death. That would have been like a good, like, hey, you know, a hurrah post human, post human's legacy release for him. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, when the footage was reused, the new game of death had a completely different plot. While there was some archive footage of Bruce that was used, the character of Billy Lowe was actually played by four different people. Uh, Kim Tai-Jong, Yuan Biao, Albert Sham, and Chris Kent, juggling fight scenes, dialogue scenes, voiceovers, all sorts of stuff. These four guys played Billy Lowe for the most part. Uh, of course, top billing goes to Bruce Lee because those other guys aren't selling tickets. The film does only feature 11 minutes and 7 seconds of Lee's original footage. Which so is movie, absolutely like, mind blowing.
1: So the movie's like an hour and forty-one minutes.
0: How does yeah. it only include that much? Elev- like two percent of this shit is actual Bruce Lee. The rest of it is lookalikes. It's you know great value, Bruce Lee.
1: Even though there was a hundred minutes, okay, <laughs> unreal, man.
0: Uh, the film is directed by Oscar-nominated filmmaker Robert Klaus, who had previously directed Enter the Dragon. He was nominated twice for Best Live Action Short for 1962's The Cadillac and 1965's The Legend of Jimmy Blue Eyes. Some of his other films include Black Belt Jones, *Iron Heart*, and Jim Cotta. He died in 1997 at 68 years old from kidney failure. And I remember seeing the trailer for Jim Cotta at a pre-show for, I think it was The Equalizer. Uh, But basically they tried to turn gymnastics into a martial arts and they got like the um, the American gymnastics champion of like the late 70s to star as like the American Bruce Lee using gymnastics like there had to be a pommel horse at every every event or else he couldn't fight <laughs> it was the trailer looked absolutely ridiculous the movie did not take off
1: <laughs> oh god damn it Jim Kata.
0: Uh, <laughs> at least I didn't want to try it spider, you know. Yeah, thank god. I have Jim Kata in our Beyond the Bad Potentials list because I I I think that would be really fun. Jim Kata. I remember how serious the trailer was. It was like it was Andrew the Dragon, but with a white guy who did gymnastics. No one wants that. <laughs> Uh, Game of Death has an IMDb score of 5.9, Rotten Tomatoes score of 46%. It was a huge hit globally, grossing $50 million on a budget of only $850,000. Yeah, huge success. Everyone was like, Bruce Lee's back. You know, he'd been dead for five years, and everyone was like, We got a new movie. Oh my God. And everyone went and saw this. Of course, then they were like, Where's Bruce? I hope a lot of them weren't like, wow, Bruce is looking great for being dead for five years. I hope everyone was like, this is outrage." I would have been the one who was like, man, he's really crushing his death, ain't he, guys? (laughs) Um, This is considered Bruce Lee's final film after The Big Boss, Fist of Fury, Way of the Dragon, and Enter the Dragon. He only did five movies. Game of Death did unfortunately pave the way for dozens of knockoff and lookalike actors to trick people into thinking they were watching a Bruce Lee movie. And while I'm sure they're not all bad, none of them hold a candle to the real thing. There's a ton of like, you know, Bruce Lee, but it's L-I. And like, you know, there's a whole bunch of that that happened in the late 70s and early 80s where it was just like, you could get away with it because technically you weren't really Bruce Lee. You were Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah ridiculous
1: I uh, yeah look i'll say it just look at i think it's criterion you said look at their collection it has all five official bruce lee films and you know what just buy it really i don't know how much it costs
0: uh um, currently going for about 70 bucks on prime
1: That's not too bad honestly um for five criterion movies it's pretty good yeah uh Just get that, and then there you go. You got your official Bruce Lee films, and you don't have to worry about falling into, um, you know, a lookalike thing, which is not uncommon in film. Um, there's a Charles Bronson lookalike that has been an active actor to this day doing really shitty action films, and he started out
0: because he looks so much like Charles Bronson. God, that's funny. Um, if you do want more Bruce Lee, I recommend just going back and watching the Green Hornet show from the 60s is that's where Bruce Lee got his start. Cato. He was the original Kato. So there's that. There's the five movies. That's it. <laughs> there's, there's no more. You can watch the biopic that they made starring Jason Scott Lee, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, which I've heard is pretty good.
1: If you want to go down his family history, you can watch The Crow with his son Brandon Lee, which mm-hmm. is
0: a great film. If you want to hear the phrase, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man, you can watch Showdown in Little Tokyo, also starring Brandon Lee. I believe he said that to Dolph Lundgren. Not a great movie.
1: I'm <laughs> about to save well, from the Crow, so
0: okay. I haven't seen that either, but I've seen that clip and I'm like, I don't need to be told this isn't a good movie. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so amazingly, there was a sequel. 1980s game of death 2 which was somehow able to use more archive footage of Lee and look-alikes to make a whole new movie which was critically despised uh I guess people had had enough at that point they're like no no he's dead stop it
1: <laughs> once was enough all right you heathens yeah critics were like they're like Jesus Christ we got it
0: once we said okay no more yeah we're gonna talk a little bit more about game of death 2 towards the end of the show because I just can't understand how that movie even exists Game of Death I can kind of get from a financial perspective Game of Death 2 though are you kidding me you're going to tempt fate twice twice
1: and just further indicating that there is a hundred minutes worth of original
0: footage directed and starring Bruce Lee none of which by the way was used in Game of Death 2 God. (laughs) Um, Game of Death is currently available to stream free on Stars if you have that. Otherwise, you can rent it on Prime and Voodoo for about three bucks. And don't get confused on Tubi. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of movies called Game of Death on Tubi. None of them are the actual Game of Death. You see the amazing see the problem Bruce Lee fans have had to deal with for like his entire career? There's so many fucking knockoff movies. You just, you got to know exactly what he was in. Or you're just going to end up down this rabbit hole of shitty movies.
1: I typed it in on Tubi, and I was amazed with how many Game of popped up that
0: had nothing to do with this movie. Yeah, it is. I remember you told me like, which one do I watch? I'm like 1979, that one. Like, it's weird. I don't. I've never had this problem with any other movie where I'm like, which one is it? Like, where's the real, you know, fucking Corey Feldman? Like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: I thought the worst problem I had was somehow trying to rent for Beyond the Bad fucking Cabin Fever remake because that just disappeared off streamers everywhere when it was time for the episode. But no, apparently it was finding the actual like
0: official game of that film. (laughs) It is so weird, Uh, but we found it. We watched it. I for free because I had stars. (laughs) Sorry. And uh, although I did, I did pay you for that one.
1: You did, and in all fairness, if the much-talked-about cancellation of stand Up happens at any point, I'll have some more money.
0: <laughs> oh, so here it is. Game of Death. Uh, Let's talk about some highlights. Frankly, there's not a lot of them. But uh, <laughs> there are some moments in this movie I do want to talk about. Uh, First off, the music is awesome. John Barry, I believe, did the score, and he did not disappoint.
1: Yeah, the music was good. Um. Admittedly, I didn't really pay attention to the music as much to you because the whole time I'm just watching this going, that's not Bruce Lee. That doesn't sounds like what's going on. And then at one point, I did sit
0: there and go like, holy shit, is that the funeral footage everyone was talking about? Fair enough. For me, it's just like, you know, John Barry did most of the Bond scores. So I recognize his vibe. So that caught me. I was like, wait a minute. This sounds kind of Bond-esque. And then I'm like, that's because it's John Barry. Well done. So, yeah, that was a me thing. Okay. Um, we start out with some uh, some footage from Way of the Dragon, where Bruce Lee infamously fought Chuck Norris. And uh, Chuck Norris was not happy that he got some billing for this. He was like, I wasn't in this movie. Take me off that credit. Because uh, I guess he and Bruce got along pretty well. And he was like, this is a disgrace to Bruce. <laughs> he was my sensei. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's shot as like, because the character of Billy Lowe is supposed to be a movie star and he's filming a movie with Chuck Norris, I guess. And uh, the mob shows up and is like, hey, we want you to fight for us. And a cardboard cutout glued to a mirror says no. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's the worst not Bruce we get in this movie. There are quite a few contenders, but I mean, they couldn't have maybe made it smaller. So it looked like a human being. <laughs> I think what they showed in is just at that point, I had like the back end piece or the cardboard cutout just show just be like, Yep. That's what this is. It's not Bruce. They should have just had the main guy wear like an opera mask of Bruce Lee's face the whole time because that would have looked better.
1: It oh uh, it was, Yeah, and it's crazy that they went with the storyline because, you know, had Bruce Lee been alive for it, it would have been a cool deal on your fifth film, mega fucking international superstar to do a film where you're the main character. You're an action movie star. i have
0: been a really cool ahead of its time matter thing to do. But they did it after he died. Well, Bruce Lee's original intent was none of this. Like, this was all shit the producers made up with Bruce Lee gone. I mean, that's why I think he's kind of a dirty fighter in this movie. Like, a little bit. Bruce was always about honor. He was never, like, just kicking people in the balls.
1: <laughs> he punched the show, that producer, for, like, no reason in this scene. Or his look lookalike.
0: Yeah. So, clearly, they were they were like, we can use Bruce without having to respect Bruce which is really fucked up. Um, And even weirdly, there's a scene where um, Billy Lowe realizes, you know, I got to fake my own death in order to get out of this. So he gets shot by accident by a real gun that was supposed to be a prop gun on the set of one of his movies. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Can
1: I tell the story on that one. Feel free. Those who aren't familiar with that, uh, the aforementioned The Crow starred Bruce Lee's son, Brandon Lee. Um, you know, goth king for a lot of people thanks to that movie, um, but also just really good movie. Um, was infamous, if you will, for the climactic church fight scene on the roof. If you notice, it was a scene where the main guy pulls out his gun and shoots the main character. When they did that scene originally, the prop master thought... He had switched out the real gun with a fake gun. Turns out, not the case, and actually shot Brandon Lee. Or it was like a dummy bullet. It was something. It was a freak accident. What happened was, I think it was a dummy bullet that went off way too fast. The
0: dummy. I think the dummy bullet broke, or there was like a piece of old dummy bullet in one of the chambers, and it got fired for real and and killed him.
1: Yeah, he uh he was, as far as I know, alive up to the ambulance getting there, and then I think he like probably died on the way right to the hospital. Or but it he died, he is I died. And unlike this film, they kept everything they filmed for the crow, with an alive Brandon Lee, and they spliced together what they could out end to get the end complete. But again, that actually was kind of I forgot about this would have been perfect for the question earlier. This was a case where I felt the heart and story necessitated. like They were doing it for the right reasons. They wanted to complete the film in his honor. Be like, hey, he worked really hard for this. He would want us to complete it. Let's see what we can do. And again, it's only then the film they kept. They didn't change the story. They didn't do that. They kept the movie intact. All that stuff you see with him killing the guys one by one doing all that stuff is very much Brandon Lee. And then the ending, yes, it's a lot of like shooting from behind and things like that to hide the fact that they had to get a body double and do a bunch of special
0: stuff. Yeah. Fucking tragic that both, you know, Bruce and Brandon would die at such a young age in very avoidable fashion. But even weirder that Bruce, like Bruce's final movie features a scene where that fucking happens. It happened and then it
1: happens to his son in reality. And then taken to this most recent incident with Alec Baldwin on the side of that movie, Rust for Hollywood to finally start making a more better stance with this. Cause it's like, okay, this shouldn't be happening on maybe set, but people are dying by a prop gun.
0: Yeah. It's as much as I do love the products that come out of this industry. It is hard to like this industry. It really is. Uh, so Bruce gets, or I'm sorry, Billy Lowe gets some plastic surgery. And by that, I mean, he wears a fake beard for a couple scenes um yeah i was like really after all that it's it's like a groucho marx
1: mask (laughs) the 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 undercover stuff that all these old films used to do it's like when james bond went to japan and just did yellow face i'm like that's not undercover guys like oh
0: god yeah they they narrowed his eyes and gave him a bowl cut oh my god i don't understand old hollywood's ways of just like this is
1: how people do plastic surgery on her? they just get a build beard? Or they change their hairdo and no one
0: recognizes them? Like that's not how that works. You can't be James Bond. He's a white guy, and you are clearly of Asian descent. God, but you sound like an Irishman, a Scot. A Scott. A Scott. Watch that. No, <laughs> they don't. They they don't. They don't forgive shit like that. I
1: I doubt any of them
0: are listening to this. I, I hope we have. A- we just alienated our entire Scottish fan base. I'm gonna kill you. I don't think we're international like that. Checked actually, we do have quite a, a bit of a reach. I've I've been looking at our numbers. Mm-hmm. Not bad. We're doing all right. Oh, okay. Uh mm-hmm.
1: by the way, Scott.
0: <laughs> by, by the way, separate.
1: it's fucking Sean yeah. Carney
0: and they just painted his face yellow. It's horrendous. It was, yeah. I don't know why they did that. And also. It never fucking mattered. Like he went on, he went and took on Blofeld as himself. Like there was no fucking point to that. Literally, the assassins end up at that place like the next day. They know he's there.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. It's it's Sean Connery. He played a Spaniard. He never tried to hide that he's not Spanish. He played a Russian, never tried to hide that he's not Russian.
0: Yeah, you know. Um I think the most uncomfortable and controversial thing surrounding this movie is the fact that they filmed Bruce Lee's memorial service and used footage of his actual dead body in the movie. And you can see it. It's still there. Has not been removed. Still in the movie. And holy hell is that just unheard of and horrible. Yeah, I mean,
1: at this point, that's probably... The biggest thing to this movie, so I see why it hasn't gotten taken out because, like, that's just something that, I, in a weird way, and just me being t- type of films are like that's how you would sell this. People like they have his actual funeral, and you go, "No, they don't." And then you watch it, and you go, "Holy shit, they do! Why would they do that?"
0: Yeah, it's it's disgusting. It's brief, but also it's real. And why would you do that? Is that the Road same dead body? Scene?
1: yeah no it's it's because producers suck um it's a real dead body surrounded by actual fans during an actual memorial service that was happening i'm sure his family was somewhere there off camera
0: jesus christ do you think they were told about that or they found out when they saw game of death
1: i would think they found out when they saw game of death god considering how they reacted to the whole like once upon a time in hollywood thing like there's no way in hell they would just allow that to happen like yeah, they got sure. they got offended over essentially a joke in a movie from 2019.
0: Yeah. And, you know, five years after his death. Pretty raw in 1978. So, oh, God, I just I can't believe they did that. And it was still a huge hit. And it's still in the movie. Like you think even now, like with, you know, like they've, you know, Disney's been taken out, you know, their racist shit of their movies. Maybe we remove Bruce Lee's body from Game of Death. I'm OK with that
1: no nope, somehow no no i'm sure it's always a selling point on like every release for this film yes um it's like if like you know they put in the footage like they made a new crocodile hunter show or movie and they're like let's put in the footage of you know when the stingray got him
0: I'd be like don't oh. do that i don't want to see that god no oh so moving on from that um we do have the uh, the origin of the yellow and black bodysuit that became pretty iconic for, for Bruce Lee, was later used as an homage in Kill Bill, became the bride's costume when she took on the Crazy 88. Mm. And uh, instead of just having him wear that during that scene, they have to have him take it off of, off of a biker he just kicked the shit out of. I thought, I thought that was odd. Like, why not just put that costume on fake Bruce Lee to explain why he's wearing it in the next scene Instead of just having him take like why is he taking the clothes off a biker in the middle of this scene?
1: It doesn't make any sense. I will I will say this much. Somehow these these uh the these Bruce Lee lights that are in the movie, like somehow they make the action scenes hold up. Like they're not terrible action scenes. Um I'm sure they're not the best that obviously was offered in Bruce Lee and his four prior films, but they're not bad either.
0: Yeah. There's just a lot of Kicking in the face. Like a lot of just kicking in the face. And Bruce Lee is a lot more than just a kick in the face. Sometimes he punches in the face. <laughs> but yeah, I they're not terrible, but I just, they're not Bruce. And I don't like that the producers are trying to trick me into thinking it's Bruce. Yeah, um, after that, we get some Bruce. We get the real footage that he shot uh, prior to his death of him fighting a uh, guy with nunchucks, another guy, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, who wouldn't come back to film new scenes, so they used a body double earlier in the movie, and I don't know how they found a body double for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So
1: weird. <laughs> That's a weird thing to refuse there, go to Kareem. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, still weird seeing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, I know he pops up in, um, what was it, Airplane? They make yeah. that joke.
0: Yeah. it's so weird seeing him in this type of film. <laughs> I agree, but you know they wanted to get you know Bruce Lee fighting a huge guy, and it worked. Uh, it's a cool scene. I thought the nunchuck scene was my favorite when he just straight up breaks that guy's neck with the nunchucks. That was fucking epic.
1: Yeah, no, this part of the film is really cool when he's finally doing what they want to do. And he's going up the levels and kicking ass. Yeah, when I got
0: some Bruce in my Bruce Lee movie, it was it was great. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I did like how randomly, like, I don't know if it was, like, the prime rental, but like, it's like the, I think it was the second guy he fights, like, he gets up and says something, but, like, I, I, the dialogue was, doesn't come through, it's like, they didn't bother putting the dialogue for that scene.
0: That was an overdub, because what he said had no relevance to this plot that they now have, so they had to put in something that sounded relevant to the current plot, so that's what that was. Oh, I was about to say, well, he we-
1: nothing came out his lips moved and not a sound came out so i was just like
0: yeah i was watching. like what a lot of martial arts movies are known for the uh words not matching the mouth the the overdub of those movies are known for that it's like
1: no there was was just no dialogue like they just had his mouth move but no dialogue in the prior
0: i must have have missed that one that's great Um,
1: yeah, no, the dubbing I've watched enough Italian horror films. I I know and Godzilla Flix know how this overdub works. Um I did like when like he's fine, I think the first guy, I think it was a intro guy, he just randomly goes, All right, and then Bruce Lee just
0: takes him out. I'm like, why didn't you just say that? Because there's no context for a lot of that shit because it was made for a different movie. <laughs> and nobody bothered to course correct any of it. They just kept it. It's it's insane. This movie is a Frankenstein of motion pictures. It's just stitched together and expected to live, and somehow it did. You no, know, this whole movie reminded me of Jurassic Park when Dr. Malcolm goes up to the camera in the truck and tells Hammond, so you do expect to have dinosaurs on your dinosaur trip here, right? Because like the whole time I'm like, is Bruce Lee ever going to show up? Like, is, is, is there going to be some Bruce Lee in this Bruce Lee movie?
1: And the producer looked at you and went, I really hate that, man. I yeah. really,
0: really do. not supposed to ask that question. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, we get to see him fight, you know, that second dude who he takes out. And then the second fight just wasn't that memorable to me, but mostly because it's sandwiched between epic nunch- nunchuck fight and, you know, Kareem. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, fight, yeah fighting Kareem, who, uh, just to get a a quick idea of this guy, he is. You know, quick hmm. quick
1: live recording yeah. break update with DC. Oh. Ezra Miller has been found and is now being
0: charged with felony burglary. Oh, sweet. I can't wait to see him get away with that. uh kareem is seven foot two and fucking huge and one of the most iconic basketball players of all time of course in the entertainment world known mostly for this and airplane
1: um yeah and somehow they found a body double for that guy
0: i doubt i, I it had to have been some kind of optical illusion because there's no way they they just found another seven foot two black dude to be like yeah i'll be kareem for five seconds
1: just to randomly grab a guy
0: and take him out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I love when, you know, Kareem just kicks kicks Bruce. He flies across the room and he's got this footprint on his chest that goes like that is the size of his torso. <laughs> How did he fight this guy? <laughs> Crazy. And Bruce Lee. Yeah. He takes him out and ends up fighting the main bad guy, uh, who I believe was uh, Dean Jagger and he was weak just this old guy who's like I'm a crime boss man and he just falls off a roof into some neon signs and the movie's over
1: <laughs> yeah I noticed that when the, when he fell off in the movie just ended, I was like oh that that was it you guys are uh, wanna you' spent so much time filming everything before this you kind of film more of an ending
0: yeah I was like well, what's gonna happen with Bruce and his girl like is, uh, did he get the whole syndicate like is there gonna be no repercussions for this how is this guy gonna come out of his death and you know be a movie star again like there's no epilogue we need a little something to tie some shit together you can't just be like and that's it fuck off it's
1: like if a similar film right the raid had the crime boss died and it just ends right then and there not the whole part where he talks to his brother they have a nice little moment he leaves you watch him leave you're like oh nice everything ended happy and then Raid 2 quickly establishes no but nonetheless you got something
0: you imagine if every movie ended with the death of the bad guy? It's like right then. Just like, like takes Return of the Jedi, for instance. Vader hurls the Emperor down the hole. The Emperor dies. Credits. <laughs> like there's, there's nothing else to Star Wars. And we're done. <laughs> John Wick 2. You know, he tracks Santino to the to Continental, blows his brains out. Credits. <laughs> Watching movies would be so irritating. You would just hope they'd wrapped everything up before they got there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Which, that, sorry, that's just a great scene in John Wick, too. Oh, <laughs> what Winston's saying, going, Jonathan, think about what you're doing. And he just fucking takes that sleaze ball out with his whole, like, a man could
0: stay in here for years. And when oh. Winston says, like, you know, what have you done? And John mm-hmm. just says, Finished it and then walks outside. It's like fuck. You're at one point, you know, you're at the same time, you're like, well done, but also you're like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> then you get that whole fucking moment where it's like your excommunicado,
1: I you have an hour, you need to get out of here.
0: Yeah. I just watched all those for kicks recently. So oh, they're flawless. Such a great series. Love it. Can't wait for part four. Uh, okay, if that truly we got I cannot wait. Yeah. But um yeah, speaking of martial arts, guys, you know Donnie Yen's going to be in that, so I can't wait to see what he adds to the John Wick franchise. Oh God, I can't wait! Uh, but yeah, credits. That's it, and uh, that's the last time we would ever officially see Bruce Lee, which is pretty sad. His 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 opus could have been Enter the Dragon, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. But no, producers got greedy and shoved him into this piece of shit called Game of Death.
1: This could have been, again, great post legacy release if they had just used
0: the 100 minutes that he had already fucking filmed. Yeah. Well, here's some and facts for Game of Death. Number one, Steve McQueen, James Coburn, and Muhammad Ali all refused roles in this film because they felt it exploited Bruce Lee's death. And also because of the low pay that the studio Golden Harvest was offering. So I wonder how much of it was—I don't want to dishonor Bruce like that—and how much of it was that's not enough.
1: <laughs> I feel like yeah. this is a work. I feel like this is a case where that is actually both. But the kind of respect I'm from what I know that he had, I'm
0: sure it was like, no, I'm not doing this to him. But dude, if if Lee had survived the edema, if he'd made this movie his way, there's a decent chance we one day could have actually seen Bruce Lee and Ali fight in a movie. Like, that could have happened. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> um, number two. It was rumored that Bruce Lee planned to shoot some of the film on location outside a Pagoda. There was to be a scene where his character and his team of martial artists were to fight an entire karate school. That would have been cool. God. Yeah. And number three. James Bond actor George Lazenby was very good friends with Bruce Lee in real life and was scheduled to have dinner with Lee the night of his death to talk about starring in this picture with him until Lee's untimely death prevented that. So yeah, could have had Bruce Lee versus James Bond. I mean the worst James Bond, but still.
1: Yes, it's so James Bond, that would have been awesome as fuck.
0: hmm. Oh, well, 1981's Game of Death 2 sees Billy Lowe killed while seeking his friend's murderers and his brother Bobby Lowe hunts down his brother's killers. So Bruce, not Bruce Lee is in this for about 10 minutes. The rest of the movie is his brother Bobby avenging Billy's death. <laughs> Again, just make a movie like that, but without Bruce Lee. It's like, why? Ugh, it's, just, it's a cash grab. It's a pain, it's a you know, shameless cash grab. It's annoying. Yep, they saw success. They're like, hey, we can try doing Game of Death 2 then. <laughs> well, I've been trying to find Game of Death 2. Uh, there's a streaming service called uh, Hiya that <laughs> you, uh, you can subscribe to on Prime. I'm assuming it has a whole bunch of martial arts movies. That seems to be the only place I can find Game of
1: Death 2. I, I would laugh if it's just a lot of um, romantic dramas. Nothing to do with martial arts films at all
0: It is nothing but Ken Burns history documentaries <laughs> and, Bob Ross, and Bob Ross painting And all seasons of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood Oh my god <laughs> It's basically, it's PBS Wearing a mask <laughs> But no I'm pretty sure it's just martial arts Movies, <laughs> but uh, If you want to see Game of Death 2, you're going to have to get high up and I don't know how much it is Because I didn't look further Because I'm not getting hi ya hi I don't like saying hi ya I feel like I'm infringing on some culture here <laughs> I oddly like saying it <laughs> um, I give Game of Death a five It's a very dull film That is only remembered for the fight scenes at the end That actually feature Bruce Lee The rest of the film is forgettable and pretty lukewarm
1: Oh <sighs> I'll, I'll i'll second the five i'll second the five It. yeah i remember honestly i was looking at my phone a lot throughout this movie until it got to the end scene with bruce um and then i was like fully like attentive but before i was like god this movie um yeah it doesn't have really an interesting story to hook you into like why he's going to this because again they decided to as- skew the original storyline that was sounds riveting um <laughs> and i mean yeah obviously seeing the, that last 11 minutes of actual bruce lee doing his thing is awesome as shit yeah um
0: but besides that the movie is kind of a slog yeah it feels out of place because the rest of the movie really doesn't have any decent build-up to that and the aftermath is just an old guy trips off a building and then it's it's over <laughs> well yeah so double fives Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. You can send us a message there if you want to suggest films, or you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Check out our website, filmgasm.com. We have reviews, articles, trailers of upcoming films and all of our shows. If you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred provider. We appreciate it. Next week, we continue our random picks with a 1989 family sci-fi classic. When brilliant scientist Wayne Zielinski builds a fully functional shrink ray, he doesn't notice when it accidentally shrinks his kids and his neighbor's kids down to near microscopic size. When the kids end up in the yard, they have to get back home before dad disassembles the shrink ray, leaving them stuck this way forever in the 1989 adventure, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I haven't seen this one since I was a kid, and I'm looking forward to watching it again. This is, I love that we've kind of, you know, we were pretty narrowly focused on horror in the early days of this show. We've since branched into all sorts of genre shit. And I love it because now I get to talk about a semi-beloved live action Disney classic and Rick Moranis, who I've loved my whole life. So this is gonna be fun.
1: Oh yeah. Uh should be a good episode. Sorry, I'm looking at this Bruce Lee Box set. Um you're gonna, you gonna get it. I'm thinking, dude, it actually has Game of Death 2 in it. Seriously? Like as a it bonus? has it yeah it's like a bonus and apparently has game of death redo redo which includes more of Lee's original footage so there might indeed be an alternate take to this film in
0: criterion get their hands on the real footage well shit i might have to get this too i gotta wait till payday but i might get this too
1: yeah i want to do some more research but uh yeah sorry i'm looking at that um yeah i mean hundred kids is great it's good timing i like You know, because Disney, a company that does usually come out with the films, they say unlike other companies out there. Um, you know, as if you haven't heard, he is coming out of retirement, or not really retirement, but what he was doing. You know, for anyone that you know, I'm sure we'll get into it. But the reason he left Hollywood, you know, very noble reason, just makes me love the guy even more. But he's coming back for a new Honey I Shrunk Shrunk the Kids movie. Yeah. Um, which means hopefully with this announcement, Ghostbusters, he might find a way to come back. I'm really hoping. Um so yeah good you know just a great film the dude's a fucking comedic talent i can't me or colson you know who knows <laughs> we don't know yet
0: yeah still still uh still working on uh fixing that old computer if you remember our predator episode where he got taken out by the predator uh hawkins style he is
1: <laughs> he is still trying to uh fight the predator
0: and be the ultimate warrior We are hoping that he will escape the clutches of the Yaucha and find his way home. So when that happens, we'll get him back.
1: And become a sexual Tyrannosaurus (laughs) who gave high praise
0: to the new Predator. So, yeah, Jesse, the body loved it. So if you need more evidence of why this is an awesome movie, there it is. Yep. And he ain't got time to bleed. So, you know, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Honey, I shrink the kids next week. That'll be really fun. Uh, Don't miss the 1976 creature feature Grizzly on Fridays Beyond the Bad and a Best Picture Showdown on 1945's The Lost Weekend on Oscar Sunday. Until then, if an actor's died before they've even really started production on a new movie, maybe just let them rest instead of constantly defiling their legacy for a little extra change. Keep watching movies and we'll see you next week.